The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D-printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D-printed collectibles this side of home plate. Welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch, your source for no-nonsense, unfiltered baseball talk. And now, let's play ball! Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, wow, damn Carson, it has been a minute. What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? AJ, man, it's been too long since we've yes. been able to to record an episode. But as you guys, as you guys listening know, sometimes life kind of pops up, things get in the way, and uh, both of us, I think, over the the course of the past few weeks, have dealt with the, some kind of respective little health things. So, mm. um, which you know, sometimes that happens in life, but. We're rip roaring and ready to go. We got a lot to catch up on, that's for sure. Yeah, between uh, well, uh, I took a Thursday off um to go celebrate uh my Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche shout <laughs> out. Um, sorry, couldn't resist. Uh, and then the Fourth of July, and then yeah, I mean, it's just been kind of. It's been a minute. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we have not recorded an episode since June 23rd, which just, just, yeah, exactly. Um, which is just kind of mind blowing. Uh, but the important thing is we're back and holy crap, do we have a lot of stuff to get to, um, Man, Carson, I don't know about you, but I feel like so much has happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it always feels like whenever we decide to take some time off that the baseball gods just decide, okay, here's going to be all the, here's when all the news is going to happen. So yeah. Maybe, maybe when baseball starts to get dull, we'll take some time off and then let <laughs> the news just roll in. Right. Um, yeah, maybe we'll take some time off, you know, during the off season or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's, let's just go ahead and let's jump right in. Um, let's start with our, our poll results from, from our, our most recent poll up on Twitter. Um, which of course you can follow us at, at eighth inning pod. Um, I have to admit, Carson, I confess myself slightly disappointed with the results of this one. Uh, but we asked you guys. Should Albert Pujols be an all-star this year? You know, obviously being his final season and uh, he's back in St. Louis and, you know, and all that good stuff. Um, but 55% of our fans, Carson, said no to this. 
I'm going to be honest. I'm siding with the 55% as much as it pains me to say it. What? Um, yes, I know. Now, Ugh. now let me, let me be clear here. When I, when I say that I'm siding with the 55%, it is purely based on just more of a statistical thing. Obviously, with this being Albert Pujols' last season, with it being in Dodgers stadium where where Pujols spent a you know a cup of coffee in his career you know obviously that'd be a really cool moment to have him come back for the all-star game but there's just so much talent right now in the NL there's just so many guys that seem to seem to be worthy of being all-stars this year I feel like this year there has just been so many different players that look like they could be all-stars, that it would just be really difficult for me to find a place to slot him in right now. Okay. I will grant you that his numbers, I mean, his numbers are a bit, you know, they're not exactly pool holes-esque numbers. But to be fair, um, I, I don't think he's getting a lot of playing time, um, which is, you know, whatever. It's neither here nor there. I will grant you his numbers are underwhelming. And I will also grant you the fact that, I mean, really, if you just look at the all-star ballots, um, the ballots are just ridiculous. And that's that's just for, you know, starters. That's not even including the reserves. Um, but I'm sorry. I mean, Pujols is a, Pujols is a, he's a, he's, I mean, he's Albert Pujols. He's a legend. He's a surefire ballot first hall, you know, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. This is his last year, um, and we'll get more into this in the, in a minute. But um, well, I mean, I guess we can just kind of segue into it uh, a little out of order here. But um, there is a new, there's a provision in the new in the new CBA that allows. Uh, Rob Manfred to name basically pick quote unquote legends for the All Star game, um, and and honestly, I'm hard pressed to think of anyone else in the National League more deserving of that pick than Pujols. Oh, absolutely. As far as you know, as far as being the the legend pick, there should there should be nobody else in the National League aside from Albert Pujols. I mean. Maybe if you really want to stretch it, you could maybe make the argument for Nelson Cruz, but like mm. that's that's I think a pretty far stretch. I think Pujols, at least for the National League, is a slam dunk. Yeah, Pujols is a slam dunk in the National League um, because the the thing says that Manfred can pick you know one legend uh, in each league. Um, Pujols is a no brainer in the National League, and honestly. I think Miguel Cabrera is a no-brainer in the American League. I would think so too, but let me let me throw this at you as kind of a dark horse option. What would mm-hmm. you think about maybe somebody like Elvis Andrews? Um Yeah. I, I could see that. Um I, I I was honestly I was trying to rack my brain for, you know, kind of those veteran type guys in the American League. Um, and I really, I had a hard time coming up with anyone else. So yeah, I mean, Andrews is a, 
yeah, I mean, I think that could definitely, that could, that could work. Um, I just think Cabrera, you know, where, you know, he, he hit his, you know, reached his milestone this year. And I mean, the dude's had just an incredible career. He definitely classifies as a legend. And I think you would probably agree. He's also a surefire first ballot hall of famer. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I just, I figured, you know, we'll see, see what other names I could come up in my old noggin and Elvis Andrews plays for the athletics. Now you got to throw the poor guy a little bit of a bone here. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I didn't even know Elvis Andrews was still playing. Um, <laughs> That's because he plays I, for the athletics. Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> didn't. I mean, I obviously know the name, but I was, you know. Sorry, uh, A's fans. Yeah. The two um, of you that are listening. All right, all right. I'll stop. Oh, don't go, don't go pissing off the two A's fans that we have listening. All right. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done now. Even though. I'm sure there are more than two of you. Um, but I mean, I, I, I think. I mean, I really can you can you think of any I mean, other than Nelson Cruz, can you think of anyone else in the National League who who Manfred could use this legends pick for? Um, maybe if, if we're looking at Pujols' teammates, maybe a Yadier Molina. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, no offense to Yadier Molina, though. I, if I'm Rob Manfred, given the choice between Pujols and Molina, um, I'm probably, I'm going Pujols. Uh, for, I don't know, I just... I mean, Molina's, I mean, you can't deny Molina's also fits into that legends category. The dude's had a ridiculous career. Um, but here's hoping, I mean, I don't have, I have very little faith in very, and very little confidence in Rob Manford. Um, as anyone who listens to the show with any regularity will know. Um, but here's hoping he does the right thing and uses these legend picks on Pujols and Cabrera because um, I just, I just think it makes sense. I think those two guys are, are the most deserving. Um, and honestly, as far as Pujols goes, it's kind of a shame that the all-star game's not in St. Louis this year. Cause I think that would just be the perfect storybook ending. Um, or, you know, I guess on the flip side of that, it's not in Detroit. So, you know, for Cabrera, but um, anyways. Um, so that's kind of that. Like I said, a lot. I mean, so much has happened, you guys, since we recorded last. Um, so much to catch up on. <sighs> this one, well, yeah, this one, this this is the one that really jumps out at me, Carson. Um, Freddie Freeman. Oh, man. That's just Freddie Freeman fired his agent because allegedly his agent never told Freeman about the Braves final offer uh, before Freeman signed with the Dodgers. Yeah, this is absolutely wild. Um, When I when I first saw this get tweeted out I almost had to do a double take I was like there is no way on earth 
this actually happened. Now, again, we say allegedly because I don't know if this is something that has actually been no, I don't confirmed. I don't think it's been officially confirmed. Um, but uh, I do know that Freeman's now former agent lashed out at Doug Gottlieb. Um, and you know what they say, you know, when somebody lashes out like that, it's usually an admission of guilt. So, yep. And it's usually in defense. Right. So now, obviously, if this is true, I genuinely hope this guy never gets a client again. Mm. Let's be honest with ourselves here, AJ. I think if he knew about the Braves offer, 100% Freddie Freeman would still be an Atlanta Brave right now. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of on the fence about this. I mean, okay. Assuming this is true, assuming Freeman's agent did in fact not inform Freddie Freeman about the Braves final offer. I mean, that's obviously that's just so fucked up and so wrong in so many ways. Um, and like you said, I hope whatever agency this knucklehead works for, I hope has since fired him and I hope he never gets a job in any sport ever again. Um, this dude, I hope that, well, I hope this knucklehead doesn't get a fucking job working at Walmart. Um, <laughs> sorry, no offense to anyone who works at Walmart, um, just for the record. Um, no, but, I mean, that. all that aside, I really, and then when I heard about this, I really, I really kind of, I really played, you know, devil's advocate a little bit and thought to myself, okay, if his agent had actually done his job and told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer, would Freeman have stayed in Atlanta? And i got to be honest, I'm kind of on the fence because, well, one, we don't know what the, we don't know what the number was. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know whether it was more than what the Dodgers offered him. Um, so, I mean... But I don't know. I don't know if that honestly matters. I mean, do you think Freeman would have let let's let's just throw it a hypothetical. Say the Braves final offer was less than what the Dodgers what he ultimately signed with the Dodgers for. Do you think Freddie Freeman, you know, if he has those two offers in front of him, do you think he takes the pay cut and to stay in Atlanta? Honestly, I think he does because, uh, and and a lot of this is just kind of from me watching, because um, right around right around the time that this was announced, it was his first series uh, where the Dodgers were back in Atlanta, so it was his mm-hmm. first coming back to Atlanta, and you could see that he was just so incredibly emotional mm-hmm. about about being back and. I'm pretty sure there were there were videos all over the place of him just like sobbing in the dugout and tearing mm-hmm. up. He got the standing ovation when he went to the plate, and it's just yeah. I mean, so- he obviously, I mean, he spent all those years in Atlanta. He obviously he loves Atlanta. The fans love him. Um, 
I mean, he was obviously instrumental in them winning their first World Series title in, well, quite a long time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think in a in a perfect world, yes, Freddie Freeman does seem like the type of guy who would have taken less money to stay in Atlanta than to go to L.A. Um, and I guess the, the big question out of all of this is, do you think he regrets signing with the Dodgers now? Honestly, I don't know. I would think not because I mean they're still they're still a te- they're still a very good team, but um I almost wonder if if something did come up like that maybe in the Dodgers dressing room where they felt like after this that maybe he would have signed with Atlanta. Maybe there's a little bit of friction there. Mm. If there is, it certainly hasn't translated to uh, their play on the field. But but part of my brain kind of makes me wonder, like, could there maybe have been a little bit of dissension in the the dressing room if that was the case? Well, I don't think... I don't think so because I don't think I don't think anyone with the Dodgers is going to blame Freeman for this. Uh, I mean, they all know that his agent is the one who screwed up here. Um, I mean, and ultimately, he still chose. I mean, clearly, he chose the Dodgers for a reason. I'd like to think it wasn't just because of the money, um, because Freeman doesn't strike me as you know, as you know, chasing a paycheck. Um, but this, I mean, this is just, I don't know, man, this is just all kinds of fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the number one job of an agent is to give your players and your clients all the information, give them all the offers that you have on the table. And the fact that the fact that this clown this sideshow, Bob clown of an agent, (laughs) Didn't didn't do that for Freddie. Hey hey hey! Let don't go besmirching the name of Sideshow Bob. Sorry, I'm just I'm like <laughs> this was this one this one just really strikes a nerve with me because at one point once yeah. upon a time when I was a little kid I kind of wanted to be a sports agent and um you know seeing movies like like Jerry Maguire and stuff growing oh, up God. I understand like what it's hard to be a sports agent but at the same time you can't just withhold an offer from Mm-mm. one of your clients you just no. you can't do that no. your job as an agent is to represent your client to the best of your ability to get them the best deal to get them you know to make sure that they're in the in the best situation you know um of course there are exceptions uh you know there are the greedy pig you know, the other greedy pigs out there, <clears throat> Scott Boris. Um, <laughs> but I, I think on the whole, and I do want to move on from this because we have so much else to get to, but I think on the whole, I think it, I think we could agree that the majority of agents in pro sports are, are good. They're good people and they're good at what they do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, this is this is the only time I've really h- ever heard of something like this with an agent. But um, 
Obviously, yeah. this this sucks for Freddie Freeman, but um, you know, at the end of the I day, mean, I guess... he didn't exactly end up in a bad situation. It's not like he exactly. ended up. It's not like he ended up signing with the Pirates. Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry, Pirates fans. This is the oh. First thing that popped into my head. Talk about carrying a team on your back. My God. You know, it's not like you know. It's not like he ended up like Chris Bryant, you know, ended up with with a team like the Rockies. Sorry, Rockies fans. Um, I'm sorry, that was bad. I shouldn't throw, I shouldn't rub any salt in the Rockies fans' wounds, uh, given what the Avalanche accomplished this year. Um, because, you know, let's be honest, the Rockies are probably never going to win the World Series. Um, anyways... Um, all right, let's, I mean, that's just, that's all kinds of fucked up. Um, um, but we go from, uh, drama with Freddie Freeman's agent to an absolutely, uh, just, a uh, a knockdown drag out old school brawl between the angels and the Mariners. Um, this was insane. I was actually watching this game and, and saw this unfold in, in real time. And I honestly, well, let's get to the specifics first. Um, Angel's pitcher, Andrew, I'm sorry I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Watts. Hits Jesse Winker, um, clearly on purpose. Winker goes nuts. The bench is clear. The bullpen's empty. Uh, all in all, eight players and coaches were ejected. Uh, Twelve players, coaches, managers, personnel were suspended. Um, the biggest suspension to come out of this thing was Angels uh, acting manager Phil Nevin was suspended 10 games. Anthony Rendon, who is now out uh, recovering from wrist surgery, he's out till next year. He was suspended five games that will... He'll have to serve next year when he comes back. Uh, Watts, three games. Winker, seven games. And Seattle's J.P. Crawford, five games. Uh, Carson, I, I was trying to rack my brain. I don't... I honestly can't remember the last time we had a brawl like this. Yeah, it's certainly been a while. I mean, the, the first one that kind of comes to my mind was uh, when Amir Garrett was still pitching for the Reds and tried to fight basically the entire I think it was Pirates dugout mm. um, yeah and I that was a while that was a few years ago I think that was a few years ago because I think that was also uh, the time when Yasiel Puig was on the Cincinnati oh, God. Um, but yeah this I got a I didn't get a chance to watch the watch the game but I I saw videos of of this brawl Jesse Winker went absolutely ballistic and um understandably you know, and, so oh absolutely and like you said clearly clearly on purpose um if there's anybody i feel bad for in this scenario a little bit it's anthony rendon because yeah. not did he get the five game suspension but then i'm pretty sure not even that long after that he gets hurt again and yeah. then he's out for the rest of the year so it's like oh guess what i anthony, mean you're, you're suspended for five games oh and guess what you're going to need wrist surgery, so you can't surf that suspension until next year. Yeah, that does kind of suck. Um, 
looking at the suspensions here, uh, I'm I'm pretty okay with I'm pretty okay with Phil Nevin, um, Winker. I mean, seven games for Winker and only three games for Watts, though. Uh, not a fan. Yeah, it seems like there's a little. I don't know why there's so much, uh, so much of a difference between those two, but, um, but also I think at the end of the day too, like you said, it was clearly on purpose. So uh, Watts was just going out and doing what he was told to do by his manager. So maybe that I suppose. Was- Maybe that was a factor in it, and uh, yes, you know, the as much as as much as uh, Winker's reaction was, you know, as we both agree, very much justified. Like, I mean, I I think honest, at the very least, Watts and Winker should have been suspended the same number of games. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but the old I was just following orders defense, uh, still doesn't work. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this was just wild. Absolutely wild. Um, I'm pretty sure I've said it before. I'm not a huge fan of these benches clearing, you know, things. But in this case, um, I mean, we've said it. You know, Winker's reaction was 100% justified. And his teammates, you know, his teammates had his back. Yeah, and I mean that's always a nice thing to see for for any team, right? Is that you want you want your guys to always kind of have your back. And um I think just Jesse Winker's teammates certainly had his, that's for sure. Yeah. Um I was going to say something else about this, but I mean th- this thing was just wild and uh you know. I think it's I'm not a fan of these things, and I and I think these benches clearing things are, you know, they're not great for baseball. I mean, come on, guys, this isn't hockey, you know, like, uh, but in certain cases like this one, um, you know, it's it seems, you know, it's 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 okay, you know, it's, um, so from a benches clearing brawl, uh. So your Minnesota Twins, Carson, uh, they made MLB history by turning, and I didn't see this live, and I, I really wish I had, but uh, they turned the first 8-5 to five triple play in MLB history. Um, I mean, you're our Twins expert, obviously. Break this down a little for us. Yeah, um, this was absolutely wild. And to be honest with you, AJ, I'm still not entirely sure how this play happened. Um, uh, it was so the twins were playing the uh, White Sox on the 4th of July. Um, it was AJ Pollock up at the plate. He hits a fly ball deep into center field. Byron Buxton goes back to the wall, makes the catch. And I think, I don't know if Yoan Moncada just forgot to tag up or what happened, but Moncada was at second going to third. Buxton absolutely heaves the ball into third. Gio Urshela 
tags out Yohan Moncada. The runner from first was making his way to second for some reason. Well, then they were able to just throw the ball over to first, get the third out, bada boom, triple play. It, if, if my explanation sounds confusing, it's because I'm still confused at what the heck the White Sox were thinking. I don't understand what they were doing as far as running on the bases. Maybe mm. Tony Larusa was going crazy again. I don't. <laughs> but my goodness, obviously this is a super cool thing to for the Twins to make history for, but it's a play that should have never happened if you knew how to run the bases, White Sox. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, obviously all the credit in the world to the Twins for pulling this off. Um, Gotta be honest, didn't think I would ever see it, you know, well, I mean, who the hell would ever think an 8-5 to five triple play would even be a thing in the first place? Um, but all the credit in the world to the Twins for pulling this off, but yes, this is equally as much credit as the Twins deserve for this is equal to as much what the fuck the Twins, I mean, the White Sox deserve for some of the worst, I mean, like I said, I didn't see it live, but I obviously watched the, you know, the video of it. Um, Some of the worst base running I've ever seen in my life. Um, Just awful. Yeah, I, my mind just, is still absolutely un- unbelievable. Um, and even even as I explain it, I'm pretty sure now that I think about it, the third out was just Gio Urshela hitting second base because Adam Engel decided to go from second to third. And it's yeah. just like, ugh, I don't... Like, obviously, again, all credit to the Twins for pulling this off, first of all. Even if you're trying to run on, if you're trying to tag up on Byron Buxton anyway, that's just a mistake in general. Yeah. But, but I mean, my goodness, like, like this is this is something that happens in like little league. Like mm-hmm. this, this was a play that I had when I was a kid, and I forgot. I basically forgot to run because I was zoning out, and we got <laughs> we got tagged for a double play. Like you don't make this kind of mistake in the majors. You, mm-hmm. you don't. Plain and simple. Yeah, definitely a uh, definitely a head scratcher. Um, I know all of you are probably looking at your phone right now and going, "God damn, this segment's going on forever." Um, apologies, but you know, so We're much happened. Okay. So much happened in the last couple of weeks. We had to, we we just we couldn't skip any of this stuff for you guys. Um, but last and certainly not least in this first segment, um, we talked about the, the Twins turning this triple play on the 4th of July. Um, i got to be honest, Carson. I feel like MLB really dropped the ball on, on the 4th of July this year. There were really only a couple of, you know, sort of quote-unquote big rivalry games. The Twins and the White Sox were one of them. Um but I don't know, man. I feel like 4th of July, you know, baseball, I mean, they, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Um, and, I mean, the Dodgers were playing the Rockies. And, I mean, there were just some real 
uh, weird games on the 4th. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like 4th of July, you pull out all the stops of your MLB, and you got, you know, I don't know, Yankees-Red Sox or Yankees-Mets or, you know, Dodgers and Giants and, and you know, Cubs and Cardinals and, like, you know, that's when you schedule your big rivalry games. Yeah, this uh, this 4th of July, as far as rivalry games go, at least, it was kind of a big snooze fest. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there, were, there were a few games that ended up being a little bit closer than maybe some would have thought, like the Astros and the Royals, the Astros won 6-7. Your mm. the uh, Dodgers and Rockies game you mentioned the Dodgers won five three, like mm. things there are game like the Mets and the Reds the Mets won seven to four, yeah. like like so like some of these games were closer than what you would have thought they would be but on paper like on paper what kind of a Fourth of July matchup is the Mets and the Reds are you kidding me like. Like, 4th of July is the day that I think most of us associate with baseball. And we talk mm-hmm. all the time on the show about baseball having a marketing problem. Mm-hmm. And then you go and do something like th- like putting the Mets against the Reds on the 4th of July. It's just kind of... It's kind of a thing that makes makes you scratch your head a little bit looking at some of these games. I mean, Rays and Red Sox, like... That's not a bad game by any means, but there's no. really anything intense about that. Mm-mm. It's not exactly. It's not Red Sox Yankees, uh, or I don't know. Have some cool. I don't know. I don't know what the hell the schedule makers were thinking, or you know, not even you know. Okay, yeah, I mean the rivalries are great, but have some cool. You know. Have some some fun and, and interesting and cool interleague games on the 4th of July. I don't know, like, you know, Cubs and Red Sox or, or I don't know, I'm really, I'm really struggling to think of, you know, or like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank. But, you know, have some, like, some, some matchups that we normally don't get. Um, and yes, I promise we're wrapping up the segment here in just a second. But this, this, my friend, this is why next year when that balanced schedule kicks in, this is one of the reasons that that balanced schedule is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that especially for days like the 4th of July, that's going to really help because then yeah. you can put big market teams against big market teams if you want to as you probably should be doing anyway on 4th of July, but, yeah. uh, and I mean, especially with the universal DH now, I think interleague games are a lot more fun to watch because yeah. let's be honest. I don't want to see Jacob deGrom going to the plate <laughs> while Shohei Otani is pitching. Like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to see that. No, I'd rather see Otani hitting against deGrom. Um, uh, in case you guys aren't don't know what we're talking about, um, next year MLB is switching to a balanced schedule. Which what that means for us fans is um, very much in the similar way that the NHL and the NBA have the, uh, the this thing in place where every team plays every team at least one other time. Um, you know. 
I mean, it's a little different in baseball because baseball doesn't really have conferences. You know, there's not an East and a West conference. It's American League, National League. But it's basically the same idea, and I'm wicked excited for that. Um, okay, we're finally done with this first segment. Uh, we're going to take a break. Um, I mean, the good thing is you're listening to this probably on Spotify, so you can pause anytime you want. Um, but we are going to take a break. When we come back... We're halfway through the season. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick look at the standings, um, and oh boy, we're gonna revisit our preseason predictions. And I honestly don't know what to expect out of that. Um, you're listening to the, the eighth inning stretch. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson for all the latest updates. Follow us on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod and visit our website at 8th slash podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, we are recording for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, our first segment was wow. It was a lot, Carson. It was a lot. It was a lot, but we also wanted to make sure we kind of caught up with with all of you guys, with all the baseball news that kind of has been happening over the the past week or two. And uh, I think yeah. overall, AJ, we did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I, I think we earned ourselves a, a self-pat on the back. Um, yeah, I mean, just a crazy amount of stuff went down in the last couple of weeks and um, yeah, like Carson said, we didn't want to, you know, miss anything. Um, so into our middle segment, um, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Carson, but God damn, we're halfway through the season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's official at this point. We are, we are at that halfway point. It's still just, it feels so good to at least have a season at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, still wasn't that long ago where we all thought that maybe there wasn't going to be a season at all. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems like yesterday everybody was, you know, talking about are we going to have a season? Is the season going to be shortened? Um, you know, is the All Star game going to be canceled? You know, all that, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, despite the best efforts of Mr. Rob Manfred, a deal got done, and here we are, um, halfway, officially halfway through the season, as most teams, I think, have, at this point, have played 81 games. Um, so, real quick, uh, let's recap what's what's going on. Let's run through the let's run through the division, the division leaders, and the wild card. Uh, basically the playoff teams, if the season ended today, which uh, in some cases, some of you would be happy. And in other cases, uh, some of you would be not so happy. Uh, let's let's start in the American League, Carson. Um, division leaders. Ugh. Those goddamn Yankees are leading the AL East. Uh, your Minnesota Twins are in first place in the AL Central. Um, four and a half games up on the team formerly known as the Indians. 
uh, and the oh God, God, come on, American League. Uh, the Astros are leading the AL West over uh, my Seattle Mariners. Um, and then the AL Wild Card. Uh, currently, the three Wild Card teams. Uh, we've got the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. Now, Carson, your remind everybody of your uh, preseason um, American League pennant winner pick. Yes. So my uh, preseason American League pennant pick um, was the Toronto Blue Jays. So that pick is still looking at least okay. They're they're holding on to that wild card spot. Um, I'm pretty feeling pretty happy though, with the fact that in the preseason, I did say that there was a very real possibility that there would be four teams coming out of the, um, coming out of the AL East in the playoffs. And so far that's kind of shaped up to happening. Mm. Um, I did not have faith in my Minnesota twins in the preseason to uh, <laughs> the Chicago white Sox to win the division. Uh-huh. I have never been happier to be wrong in my life. Um, and it's got me scared that Carlos Correa is going to leave us, but we'll, we'll get into that in the, in the mailbag. Um, the only division winner that so far I've projected correctly has been, uh, in the AL West and the Houston Astros. So at least I got that going for me. Uh, did you pick the Blue Jays to win the AL East? I did. Yeah. I mean, that's a solid pick. Um, but obviously the Yankees are just, you know, uh, just on an absolute tear. Although, don't worry, Yankee haters, fellow Yankee haters out there. Uh, we've seen this movie before and we are can take solace in the fact that the Yankees will probably come crashing back to earth in the playoffs. Um, hopefully in the first round. Um, yeah, I mean, the only remotely close division race in the American League is the Central, and even that is, you know, four and a half games as the as Cleveland has has stumbled a bit as of late. Um, well, my preseason pick to win the AL pennant uh, was the Seattle Mariners, based off of what they accomplished last year based off the fact that they went out and got uh, reigning AL Cy Young winner, Mr. Robbie Ray. Um, But honestly, Carson, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for the Mariners this year. Uh, Yes, it has. And um, I I almost do feel a little bit bad for you because you've been so high on this team and so high on Robbie Ray. And somehow, some way, both of those things have let you down. Um, yes. Um, they've been a bit shaky. They are currently one game under 500. However, Mariners fans, because I know y'all are out there, uh, your team has won four in a row. They've won seven of their last 10. And they are currently only four games out of that final wild card spot, which. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, had this current playoff format been in place last year, the Mariners would have made the playoffs. So it's not over yet. 
There's still half a season to go. Um, so, Carson, are you... I'm assuming you're sticking with the Blue Jays to win the American League, or are you? You know, for, for the time being, I think I am. Um, obviously, the, the Yankees and the Astros are very looming threats. Yeah. Um, and the the Twins are, of course, too. But speaking of movies I've seen before, my goodness. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I just I can't get, get by the amount of talent on this Toronto team led by the two-headed monster of uh, mm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. It's, it's hard for me to still pick against those two young guys right now. Yeah, the Blue Jays team is absolutely stacked. And where are the Yankees not having this infuriatingly good season um i think the blue jays would be right i mean take the just for a second take the yankees out of that al east equation all right the yankees are 59 and 23 okay which is again an infuriatingly good record well unless you're a yankees fan um take the yankees out of that al east equation carson and We'd have a hell of a race atop that AL East between the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. Oh yeah, absolutely. You you take the Yankees out for for I'm sure for for you and other Red Sox fans there, AJ. What would be a uh, a very good thing for mm. for you guys if you were to take the Yankees out of that AL East for a minute? But uh, yeah, if the Yankees, I mean, if the Yankees weren't in the AL East, you you look at the rest of these teams, like Boston and Tampa Bay would be tied. Toronto would only be a half game back. Heck, Baltimore would be six and a half games back. Mm-hmm. So it would it would be quite the interesting race, but um, the Yankees yeah. on potentially have a historic season. So, Ugh. Uh, I think I speak for all Yankee haters when I say, dear God, please don't let them break Seattle's record. Um, well, you know what? I think I said it a couple episodes back. Go ahead, Yankees. Break that 116. Get 100. Get Break the 116 win mark and flame out in the playoffs. I'm okay with that. Um, obviously, my Mariners, yes, that pick is on life support. And I... If I were a betting man, I would change that pick. But you know what? I'm sticking to my guns. Um, I'm sticking with them. I still believe. Listen up, Seattle. I still believe in the Mariners. Uh, Yes, I know things. I know the season hasn't gone to plan. But one game under 500 and only four games out of a wild card spot. Um. I'm sticking with them because I think they sneak into that last wild card spot or maybe, you know, even the, you know, the, uh, you know, the next wild card spot off from that. And uh, if history has taught us anything, all you got to do is get into the dance and then anything can happen. Um, all right, let's, let's flip on over to the national league. Um the National League, things are a little more competitive on the NL side of things. Uh, the Mets are leading in the NL East. They're two and a half games up on the Braves. Uh, the Brewers are leading the NL Central. They're three games up on the Cardinals. And the <laughs> Dodgers 
early in the NL West. Uh, there's six games up on the Padres. The Padres have slipped a little bit for a while there. It was like a one, one and a half game distance there. Uh, but keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that the Padres are still awaiting the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. And when that happens, watch out, Dodgers. Um, Carson, I believe the Dodgers were not only your NL pennant pick, but also your World Series pick. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you're not you're not uh changing that absolutely not i have rode i have rode (laughs) the dodgers bandwagon i have hoisted the dodgers flag all year long against you you dodger and craig kimbrell hater but we're we're staying strong we're looking good things are bright in la even if freddie freeman may have not been informed (laughs) from atlanta to force him to go to LA but we're still we're still holding strong um the I believe I also had the Brewers winning the central I could be wrong yeah I think we both did actually um and then the only division that um as of right now I have wrong is the Mets in the east but those Braves are are sneaking up they have been on fire Mm -hmm. since June they have been in an absolute tear Um, and so have the Phillies speaking on teams that have been on a tear ever Mm -hmm. since firing Joe Girardi, Kyle Schwarber, it seems like has kind of come out of nowhere and just started smashing, um, just had, boy, if only the Red Sox could get players like that, just had to sneak that one in there a little bit for my bitter Red Sox fan over there. Um, (laughs) I mean, they're, they're pretty close with the. With the Cardinals, the the Giants are a game back of a wild card spot. Heck, the Marlins are three games back of a wild card spot. So mm. um, the NL is is very interesting. But um, for now, I will definitely be sticking with my NL pennant and World Series championship pick in the 2020 World Series <sighs> champions, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Until Craig Kimbrell blows a game in the playoffs. Um, Kimbrell hater. Uh, anyone listening who watched the 2018 playoffs will know exactly why I have zero confidence in Craig Kimbrell. Um, he came perilously close to costing the Red Sox a World Series uh, title that year, were it not for the heroics of Andrew Benintendi and others. Um, but I digress. Uh, yeah, the Phillies. Um, I guess... Firing Joe Girardi was what the doctor ordered in in the in Philly. Um, also, not at the least, ladies and gentlemen, do not sleep on the Miami Marlins. Yes, they're two games under five hundred, but they're only three games out of a wild card spot. So, uh, yeah, don't don't sleep on the Phillies. Um, I mean, don't sleep on the Marlins. Um, so preseason, I picked the Padres to represent the National League in the World Series. I mean, let's be honest. I'm sticking with it. Uh, considering not, I mean, obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr. being out all year is, you know, has been a big deal. But uh, they've also, they've dealt with injuries to their in their pitching staff. Um, you know, injuries. I mean, they've, they've dealt with quite a few injuries, actually. Um, but they have the deepest pitching staff 
in the National League, maybe in baseball. Uh, and we all know that come October, pitching is everything. Um, and considering everything they've gone through, they're only six games out of the NL West lead halfway through the season is so impressive. Um, I'm sticking with the Padres to win the National League. Uh, Dodgers fans, you know, hey, enjoy the regular season because come playoff time, uh, Craig Kimbrell is going to fold like a circus tent um, because that's what he does. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the NL is just – I I don't know, man. The NL is just so much more competitive. It's crazy. It is indeed. And I believe you picked the Padres, and I'm assuming for for your NL pennant, and I'm assuming that you're going to continue to stick with that pick? Oh, absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Um, And I think I picked them to win the NL West, actually. Um, Yeah, I picked them to win the NL West. I'm pretty sure we both picked the Brewers to win the NL Central, so that's looking good. Uh, I think we both picked the Braves to win the NL East. Um, I don't know. That was quite a while ago. Um, but, man, this NL race, I, this is going to come right down to the wire, I think. Yeah, the, the NL will certainly be a lot more fun to watch, I think, than uh, than the AL, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's, you know, what's going on, why things are so, I mean, why the balance of power is tipped so, you know, things are, the the Yankees and the Astros are basically running away atop the AL, and meanwhile, on the NL side, things are just, um, couldn't be much tighter. Uh, It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a hell of a fun second half of the season, um, I think as a safe assumption. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. This this second half is gonna be a lot of fun, so buckle up everybody. We we're only we've only just begun. Yeah, for sure. Um gotta be honest, not really surprised that neither one of us is wavering on our on our preseason picks. Um I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Um, all right, uh, that was a much <laughs> that was a much more manageable segment. Uh, we are going to take our last break. When we come back, uh, we're going to dive into the mailbag. Um, we're going to talk about our must watch our must watch games, and then we'll get into our big finish and our parting thoughts. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be right back. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning slash podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ Carson into her third and final segment. And brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because Carson is about to geek the hell out. Um, as we get into our mailbag, our first question, and uh, Carson pointed out to me, is from a uh, Minnesota sports radio personality. Um, 
goes by the awesome Twitter handle of at MeatSauce1, which I love, by the way. Um, and he asks Carson, uh, and I will defer to you on this, uh, will the Twins hold on to their lead in the AL Central? Yeah, um, before I answer this question, um, you guys obviously can't see me because this is an audio podcast, but like my <laughs> smile has not left uh since we since i found out uh this question was asked by this personality yesterday um for for those of you not in the minnesota area which i'm assuming is a fair amount um the the local sports station here kfan has a show that is called the power trip morning show uh, and it goes from 5 30 in the morning until nine um and the personality that sent this question in is um his nickname is actually, in fact, Meat Sauce Paul Lambert. Um, and uh, if you guys are at all interested, which I would highly recommend, uh, they are on iHeartRadio. Just search KFAN on iHeartRadio um, to look up the Power Trip Morning Show. Super funny, guys. Have a really good time. Um, it's a, it's one of those sports shows that doesn't always also stick to sports, which is kind of stuff that I also enjoy. Um, and then I believe they also have a podcast uh, of their own. So make sure to check them out. Um, but yeah, this was really cool for me uh, to see that he was the one who asked this question. Um, but getting into this question, I think they will. But I still have concerns about this team. Um, AJ, this might come as a shock to you, but I think I'm going to shift my most important trade deadline need for this team it's still going to be pitching but i think it's more bullpen than anything yeah. uh, the the bullpen just manages somehow some way to continue to blow leads with stupid emilio pagan as the <laughs> ringleader this guy i don't know why he gets keeps getting given these opportunities the other night he was pitching in like the fifth inning so hopefully that means he's getting more low leverage situations but at the same time, he also gave up a two-run home run to Luis Robert to tie the game again. Ugh, Emilio Pagan. That's By the way, ladies and gentlemen, in case you forgot, um, this is the release pitcher that we got in the Taylor Rogers trade. Uh, the other one is on Tommy John. So that trade's looking great for us. Um, but yeah, the, the bullpen has just kind of been an embarrassment outside of two, outside of Yoan Duran. Uh, everybody's kind of had their ups and downs. Uh, Tyler Duffy has looked like he's coming back into form as of late, which is a really good sign because he had been he had been really bad for the past month or so. Um, I mean, the the bats are still obviously the greatest weapon on this team. Um, you know, Luis Arise has emerged as a really solid contact hitter. Uh, Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, Gio Urshela has has low key been mashing some bombs, um, or as we call them here, bomb buzz of home runs. Um, so I think I think we do hold on to this AL Central lead, um, especially with Cleveland kind of struggling like they are. But uh, we got to improve this bullpen because some of these games that we've let slip slip away could come back to haunt us in the long run. Yeah, I can definitely sympathize with your, uh, shall we say, concerns over the bullpen. Uh, 
my own Red Sox have had pretty well documented um, issues with that. Uh, hopefully, Pagan either gets his act together or gets the Hansel Robles treatment and gets DFA'd. Um, ah, former twin himself. Really? I didn't know that. Yep, Hansel Robles uh, played for the Twins, I believe. Actually, it was just last year. Uh, well. And then we traded him to the Red Sox, if I remember correctly. Gee, thanks a lot. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> but at least he finally got DFA'd. Uh, no, man, this is this is cool to get a um, this is cool to get a question from a you know, uh, I mean, at least in Minnesota, it sounds like this guy is pretty well known. Um, I can I can kind of uh, actually Carson and I were talking about this during the break. You know, uh, when he found out, you know, who this question came from, he geeked out, you know, understandably and. Uh, we were actually talking during the break about, you know, if this was a, you know, if we got a question from a Boston sports media personality, you know, who would I, who would I geek out? And honestly, uh, the only ones I can think of are Jackie McMullen, shout out, um, and Bob Ryan, two of my favorites, uh, and Bill Simmons, because the rest of the Boston sports media, well, for anyone, any of my fellow uh, New Englanders, Slash Bostonians, you know they're a bunch of knuckleheads. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, second question. Well, actually, one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the pitching is clearly the the issue for the Twins. Um, but I I don't know, man. I'm I get a funny feeling that they're gonna they're gonna make a splash at the deadline. Um, Let's not forget that. Um, oh my God, his name is escaping me. Uh, do the pitches for the A's. Uh, Frankie Montas. Yes, thank you. Um, I don't know. Something, something tells me uh, somehow maybe the Twins get a deal done for him. And but I mean, honestly, if they had a, if they, if they shore up their pitching. Um, I don't know, man. I would, I would not, I would not want to face the Twins in the playoffs uh, if they get that sorted out. Um, all right, second question from the mailbag. Uh, this one from T Rarich twenty seven at T Rarich twenty seven. Oh, this is a doozy, Carson. Who would your cat? Who would you cast your MVP vote for? Shohei Otani or Aaron Judge? You say it's a doozy. For me, this was a pretty easy decision. Uh, I'm stamping my MVP ballot for Aaron Judge. Hands uh. um, I mean, I know that you're. I know that you're. You are not a fan of the Yankees, but the dude has been on an absolute tear. On he's been the most valuable player on the best team in baseball. Um, I mean, a six. A 627 slugging percentage, uh, a 993 OPS, 366 on base percentage could potentially break the Yankees team home run record in a single season held by Roger Maris. Like he's he's been absolutely mashing the ball. He's already got 30 home runs, which of course leads the league, by the way. Um 30 home runs, 64 RBI. I mean, 
it's hard for me not to pick Aaron Judge. I knew you were going to go. I knew that's the way you were going to go, and yet I still find myself disappointed. Um, <laughs> and here, Coach ladies and gentlemen, and here, ladies and gentlemen, is where we fall into the classic trap of does the MVP award go does the MVP award necessarily have to go to a player on a, you know, good slash competitive team? Um, and my answer is no, because it's not called the most valuable player on a good team award. It's called the most valuable player award. And I'm sorry, but if you take Aaron Judge off the Yankees, uh, they're still the Yankees. They still have one of the best lineups in baseball, and they're probably still in first place. However, if you take Shohei Otani off the LA Angels, um, I mean, let's be honest, the Angels aren't having a great season uh, to begin with. But if you take Shohei Otani off that team, I mean... They're just, they're even worse. Um, even though, and I know, I can hear you, I hear you. Oh, but Aaron Judge, his numbers are better. Okay, fine, but listen. Listen to this. Uh, Otani, okay, 495 slugging percentage, 839 OPS. Okay, 18 homers, 53 RBIs. Uh, 10 stolen bases, which that can't be underestimated. And if that wasn't enough, let's not forget that he is a two-way superstar, uh, and is also (laughs) eight and four with a 2.44 ERA, uh, 111 strikeouts. Um, and oh yeah, by the way, his whip is below one. Um, yeah, honestly, you said it was a no-brainer for you for Judge. It's a no-brainer for me for Otani because, yes, Judge, his numbers are, you know, okay, fine. Judge has better numbers. But I'm telling you, man, you take you take Judge off the Yankees, the Yankees are still the Yankees, and they're still probably in first place. You take Otani off this Angels team, and they're just dreadful. They're even worse than they are. I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, I can I can certainly see see the arg the argument for Otani. And again, when when I say that it was a no brainer for me, I mean no disrespect to Shohei Otani. Uh, he is one of fair the, enough. He's one of the brightest stars in MLB today. I'm you know you'd be you'd be a fool to not be well aware of that. Um, but, but for, for me too, it also comes down to, you know, AJ, if you remember kind of, we talked about in the beginning of the season, he got off to kind of a rocky start. Um, you know, yes, he, he, did. Wasn't, he wasn't really hitting the ball like we expected him to because he wasn't really pitching like we expected him to. I think at one point his ERA might've been hovering kind of around the four, 4.0 mark. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah. So, so for me, I think that also has so has a lot to do with it. In that, Judge has basically has been consistently insane 
this whole year. And while it's good to see Otani go back to what we know he can do, for for me, a lot of the MVP, for, for me, one of the big things for my MVP is consistency as well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's a, that is, those are all, yeah, those are all valid points. Um, and no, ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, I'm not picking Otani despite the Yankees and the Yankees fans. I mean, Aaron Judge is arguably the best player in baseball. Uh, and he's clearly in that conversation. Um, I just, I don't know. When I when I think MVP and and Carson, you do make a, a really good point about Otani getting off to a rocky start, and that Aaron Judge has been consistent. Um, I don't know. I, I just when it comes to if I if by some miracle I were ever to have an MVP vote someday, um, well, I'd probably never vote for the you know quote unquote popular pick like in this case, but. Um, Anyways, um, thank you to uh, at Meat Sauce One and T at T Roach Twenty Seven for your mailbag questions. Uh, please continue to send those mailbag questions into us. Uh, you can just drop them into our DMs on Twitter at Eighth Inning Pod. Um, yes, we do get your questions, uh, but unfortunately, we can't read all of them. Uh, because then the whole show would just be mailbag questions. Actually, maybe we Carson, should do a mailbag exclusive. Episode. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that. Um, that might actually be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do that uh, for an upcoming episode. Um, we'll do an entire episode just consisting of all your questions. That way, um, you know, all of you who keep who have sent them in uh, can get your questions read on the show. Um, all right, let's move on to our must-watch games. Um, boy, we've got some... We've got some... Uh, this weekend, man. We've got some some just awesome games to watch. Um, surprise, surprise, I'm picking Yankees and Red Sox because, well, it's Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, then we've got the Giants at the Dodgers. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my apologies to the entire city of San Diego. Uh, the Giants at the Padres. Uh, and then this last one is actually, this last one that I picked is actually the one that really jumps out to me, Carson. It's the Blue Jays and the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners are looking to get back to 500, and the Blue Jays are uh, kind of looking to keep up their winning ways. I think that's a hell of a game, man. Our AL pennant picks going head to head. Yes, exactly. It'll it'll certainly it'll certainly be be one that at least uh, the hosts of this show will be interested in to see who gets a little bit of uh, one upsmanship there. Um, for me, I'm also looking at this Phillies Cardinals series. Uh, yeah. I think I think that has potential to be a really good series. That's a good uh, one. Um, now. My my tank series of the of the episode, um, it's, oh it's rather interesting because there are there are a few different series to pick from, but none of them are really that bad in terms of tanking. But with that being said, we do indeed have a winner. As much as it pains me to say this, considering 
we just talked about uh, Shohei Otani for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Los Angeles Angels taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Um, actually, that's not a terrible matchup. Exactly. Um, that's just it. Because, I mean, granted, the Angels are, well, you know, they're underperforming. Uh, and the Orioles are, well, the Orioles. But, I mean, the Orioles are only five games under 500. The Angels are seven games under 500. So both teams are clearly struggling. But that actually, uh, that sounds like a fun matchup. No, yeah, it's not even that bad. And as I say that, I also see that the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are also here. So, oh, God. Um, well, we'll make that my tank series of the week. Because <laughs> the, the Angels at least have some talent. Yeah, and the Orioles do too. Uh, in case uh, anyone, Apologies, by the way, to Chris Martin and uh, or Chris Bryant and uh, Cattell Marte, respectively. Yeah, yeah. Those, I think Rockies and good. Diamondbacks is that's pretty bad. Yep. That, uh, there we go. Stamp it in. That is the Tankathon series of the episode. The cellar dwellers of the NL West. Um, all right, let's uh, let's push right ahead into our big finish. Um, Max Scherzer has returned for the Mets. Congrats, Mets fans! Uh, you're back at your team is back at full strength. Um, and Chris Sale, who I will be discussing later, um, and I think you all know what I'm referring to, um, is close behind. Uh, I don't think the return of either one of these guys, Carson, I don't think the impact can be understated at all for their respective teams. Absolutely not. I mean, Max Scherzer is going to provide that, that as if the Mets needed another spark. Um, but you know, especially right now with the Braves closing in his, his return is going to be massive. Uh, the Red Sox we've talked about are hot, are right in the thick of things as far as the AL wildcard is concerned. Uh, they currently hold that top wildcard spot, so certainly getting Chris Sale back will be a good thing. Uh, now, AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it still kind of remains to be seen as far as how he's going to be utilized once he comes back. Um, what I've been hearing is that uh, it sounds like he's going to be uh, slotted back into the rotation Mm. Um, I, yeah, I don't think there's been any official word on that. Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about in, you know, the past ep- couple episodes that I would rather see him slotted into the bullpen because I think that's where they need the most help. I think they're starting, um, I think the starting rotation is, is pretty solid. Um, although obviously, if you get Sale and Nathan Evaldi back and put them and have them both in the rotation, I mean, I think that, you know, um, obviously makes the rotation better. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It sounds like Sale might be making one more rehab start in AAA, um, but it sounds like he's going to be back in pitching for the Red Sox uh, next week. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously... Scherzer for the Mets and Sale for the Red Sox. Those are, you know, those are huge uh, returns and, and additions. Um, 
the Washington Nationals and Juan Soto, who trade rumors, Carson, have been swirling around this guy pretty much since before spring training. Um, the Nats offered him, and no, this is not a typo, ladies and gentlemen. The Nats offered him a 13-year, $425 million contract. Uh, and he said, eh, no thanks. Yeah, um, Juan, buddy, are you okay? Like, <laughs> are, are you good? Like, I get, I get that the Nationals are bad now, but like, thirteen years, four hundred and twenty-five million. You're really gonna turn that down? I mean, okay, I guess. Like. I mean, oh, to, to be fair, that would have made him a Washington National for life, basically. Yes. Um, which, given the current state of that team, I kind of don't blame him for not wanting to be there that locked in that long. But at the same time, it's a 13-year contract. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen even a year from now. That's true. Like yeah. they could they could turn it around in 13 years, I would hope. That's fair. I mean, let's not forget this team isn't that far far removed from a World Series championship. Like it feels like we've forgotten that because they've kind of gone into this rebuild mode after everybody left, but yeah, we're not too far away removed from a World Series still. It's true. Yeah. Um honestly, I mean, this is a head scratcher. Uh I mean, I get it. Yeah, 13 years, that's a long commitment. But uh, like you said, I mean, the Nationals, I mean, that was what, 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, only, only you know, three-ish years ago. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what the heck Juan Soto was thinking. Um, if somebody offered me that kind of money, uh, yeah, I don't think I would turn it down. Um, and then last but not least... Oh, man, I am so, I am so, 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 so wicked friggin' excited for this, Carson. The World Baseball Classic is back in 2023. Uh, my excitement level on a scale of 1 to 10 is, a, is an 11. Yeah, for, for me, I'd say I'm, I'm also, I mean, I'm not as excited as you, but I'm pretty excited. I'd, I'd put myself at like an 8 on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, I got a chance, you know, obviously it's, it's been a little bit since we've had a world, mm. world baseball classic. And, uh, I think one of the, one of the memories that I have was, uh, Adam Jones absolutely robbing his then teammate Manny Machado of a home run, um, with, of, with the always fantastic Matt version on the call, um, but but the World Baseball Classic is always a pretty cool thing because you get to kind of see, uh, showcase, you know, obviously representing your country in any tournament is always a big honor. Um, but, you know, this is another thing that baseball can continue to use to mark the game and uh, potentially even get some get some stars that we wouldn't hear about otherwise. Who knows? Yeah, this is an awesome event. Um it's obviously been a minute. Uh, the last one was in 2017. Uh, pretty sure there was one scheduled in 2019. 
Um, and then obviously, you know, COVID and, and everything else happened. So it's been a minute, but this is such an awesome event. Um, it, it takes place before the season. Um, it's a great way to get hyped up for the season. Uh, granted, some of the bigger name players, uh, you know, kind of keep their distance, you know, out of concern for injuries and whatnot. But this is just a really fun event. Um, a million, a million light years better than having baseball in the Olympics, which I think is just idiotic idea. Um, but that's another rant for another time. Uh, Carson, the only thing I have a couple of I have a couple of issues, um, couple of issues with the uh, the setup of this thing. Well, one, they have expanded it to 20 teams, which I think is awesome. And I think speaks to the fact that baseball is growing as a global sport, that these other countries are, are getting involved. Um, but the venues, okay, one of the venues is Tokyo. One of them is Taiwan, which I think are both amazing. Um, but this, I mean, this... If Rob Manfred wasn't responsible for this, then I don't know who was because this reeks of Manfred and his complete incompetence. Um, the U.S. venues, mind you, Toronto didn't even make this list somehow. Uh, but the the North American venues, I guess, uh, Miami and Phoenix, and Miami is going to host the finals. Um. I'm sorry, Carson, but Miami hosting the finals instead of, oh, I don't know, Tokyo? Yeah, I mean, even if you're even if you're picking an American city, like you could have gone with like L.A. or. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously, obviously, you know, Miami is is a big market city. The weather, I'm sure, is nice, um, but you, you would like to see. I guess a, maybe a little more international representation because it always kind of feels like that these these kind of big tournaments always end in the U.S. and like start mm -hmm. internationally. Um, yep. So it'd be it'd be nice to potentially see some uh, some international cities getting some love in in the finals more. Um, I but, mean, just off the top of my head, for I mean, if assuming we're going to stick with an American slash North American city for the uh, for the finals. I mean, there are just there are so many better venues here than Miami and Phoenix. Uh, you mentioned L.A., um, San Francisco, Houston, Arlington, Atlanta, Milwaukee. Yes, I know that it's in March and Milwaukee is a cold weather city, but uh, Milwaukee has a retractable roof. Uh, same goes for Seattle, and like I mentioned before, the same goes for Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. I think Toronto would be a fantastic place to hold oh, uh, hell yeah. baseball classic. The I think people underrate the baseball atmosphere in Toronto. They love the Blue Jays up there. Yes, yes, they do. I have uh I've been to see the Red Sox play in Toronto a couple of times and uh I had yeah, I gotta tell you guys, Toronto, yes. The fans in Toronto love their blue jays they turn out they turn up for every home game 
the Rogers Center is always packed. Um, it's always loud. It's always crazy. It's always fun. Um, I don't know, man. I think Toronto. Toronto just gets. Toronto just seems like they get the short end of the stick uh, when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. But in any case, uh, the WBC is back in 2023, and I couldn't possibly be more excited for it uh even if the choice of venues is a little eh um all right uh it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show or i don't know maybe it's your least favorite part but it's my favorite part um where we you know our, our parting thoughts um Mine's a bit ranty, so uh, Carson, I think I'm going to defer to you. Uh, so my for for my parting thoughts this week, um, uh, you know, I think I I went on my little twins rant during the mailbag, so um, my my parting thoughts are a little bit more real life again uh, this week. Um, with with the Fourth of July kind of in in the rearview mirror. Um, we, me and AJ kind of talked about it before we started recording that uh, kind of felt like felt like just another day this year. Um, and it's it's something that really shouldn't happen. But uh, uh, I hope that, you know, with with the fourth and with unfortunately more mass shootings happening uh, at Fourth of July parades and uh, the decision by the Supreme Court on uh, Roe v. Wade, um, I hope that we we use the 4th of July, but, you know, not to target the 4th of July specifically because it's still a day to celebrate, um, celebrate our country, which is still one of the best in the world. Um, but it's also an important important to to remember that, um, you know, we've, we've still got a little we've still got some ways to go on uh, making this place as great as we all know it can be and as it has been. Um, so. Uh, just obviously want to send condolences to the families of those uh, involved in uh, who died in those mass shootings on the 4th of July. Um, and uh, want to want to give a shout out to uh, to all the women of America um, that we are we are with you. We we understand your frustrations um, and uh, let's let's use every day to just be better humans. Well said, man. Um yeah good good stuff um yeah there are definitely there's definitely a lot going on right now obviously um and uh as far as as far as this um as far as the Roe v Wade thing goes uh I have a um a, a close personal friend who uh gave me permission to talk about this um as someone who uh who's required who had to have a procedure done um in order to save her own life um yeah the real v Wade thing really hit home um really hits close to home and so um shout out to 
yeah, shout out to all of all of you out there uh, fighting for women's rights. Um, and uh, a particular shout out to uh, the leadership of the state of Colorado, who has one of the states who has stood up and um, basically told the Supreme Court to stick it. Um, and uh, guaranteed that uh, women here and women from other places, from other states, uh, have a safe haven here in Colorado. So, um, anyways, uh, when things get kind of heavy like this, uh, this is these are the kind of moments where I'm most grateful to have sports, and in particular, baseball is kind of a welcome distraction. Um, so, uh, in case anybody missed it, uh, Chris Sale, we talked about him earlier. Uh, you know, pitcher for the Red Sox, made a rehab start uh, in AAA uh, for the Worcester Red Sox. Um, to say things didn't go well would be an understatement. He struggled, and understandably. I mean, the dude's coming back from, you know, some some injuries. You know, he's coming back from injury. He's coming back from, uh, you know, I mean, the dude's been through the ringer, and he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. So, his outing in Worcester was a little rough. Um, and uh, I'm sure you've probably all seen the video. It's circulating Twitter. It's circulating YouTube. It's all over the place. Um, Chris Hill went into the locker room, uh, you know, had himself a little bit of a meltdown, as most of us are prone to do occasionally. Um, broke a... Well, broken, already broken TV. Uh, you know, throwing stuff around a little bit. Um, he was understandably frustrated. And, of course, the whole thing was caught on video. Um, and people are just... I mean, I woke up to Twitter this morning, and people are just losing their goddamn minds over this thing. And, you know, just really... I mean, I, I've seen... I think I've I think I've seen maybe one person, uh, you know, defending sale in this thing. Everyone else is just, you know, really, really coming down hard on this dude. And um, I'll read you a quote. Uh, this is how this is what Chris Sale himself said. Uh, That's their problem for videoing it. If you want me to act like a normal person, treat me like a normal person. This isn't a normal atmosphere. If I was at Bank of America, that wouldn't fly. Uh, well said, my friend. Well said. Um, Newsflash, everybody. Athletes, these guys and these, you know, pro athletes are not, they're not robots. They're not perfect. They're, they're human beings just like the rest of us. Um, so please, stop with the pearl clutching over this Chris Sale thing. I hate to break it to you, but he's not the first pro athlete to lose, you know, to flip out. Um, and I don't know, I really don't understand why people are coming down so hard on him. Uh, you know, he's always been a stand-up guy. He's a hell of a ball player. Um, you know, cut the guy some slack. Give him a break. Um just the reaction is just to this thing is just ridiculous and it really pisses me off. He's just a normal dude. Like, you know, um, you know, and as if, as if none of you have ever, you know, 
you know, gotten upset and had a and had a meltdown like this. God damn. Um, and oh, by the way, I'd like to mention that he bought dinner for the entire uh, Worcester Red Sox team and staff and bought a new TV and paid for the damage. So y'all can go fucking clutch your pearls somewhere else. That's all I got. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> if, if I could play a little devil's advocate here. Yes. Um, now, uh, as far as the reason why they would go after Chris Sale, um, maybe it has something to do with the fact that, if you remember, he did kind of flip out like this uh, when he was a member of the White Sox, and that was that was kind of one of the actions, I think, that not too long after that, he was traded to the Red Sox. So maybe people are sensing a little bit of deja vu here. Again, that's that that's a huge reach on my part, but um, that is entirely possible. And I, I actually do remember. Uh, I mean, not well, but I do remember that incident. Um, but again, I mean, and I this is definitely another rant for another time, but. It just really bothers me when, uh, you know, pro athletes and and not just pro athletes, any public figure uh, are held to. Okay, granted, yes, public figures should be held to a higher standard in most cases because they are public figures. Whether it's a pro athlete or an actor or politician or Supreme Court justice. I'm not saying public figures and officials shouldn't be held to a higher standard because they absolutely should. But come on, man. Like, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have moments like this. You know? I don't know. No, maybe yeah. It's, maybe it's just me, but... No, I I think you're you're 100% spot on. Like, I know I think I've flipped out before like this. Exactly. Like, and if somebody... And so have I. And if somebody videoed you or I doing it, uh, you know, yeah, sure, it might make it to YouTube or Twitter. Uh, and most people watching it would just laugh it off, probably. Or be like, huh, what an idiot. But because it's Chris Sale, because he's a, you know, a pro athlete, uh, it gets turned into this, I don't know. It just, it irritates the hell out of me. And I think sometimes people take the holding public figures and officials to a higher standard. Sometimes I think people take it a little too far. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't stop and look in the mirror, I guess is what I'm getting at. Especially um, with pro athletes too. I think. The yeah, exactly. A little bit too high. Yes, exactly. Um, but anyways, uh, that's all we got for you. Lovely people today. Um, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at eighth inning pod. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. Um, you can listen to us on your other favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. Um, you can, if you're so inclined, you can support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash eighth inning stretch. 
don't forget to check out and support our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. They are your one-stop shop for the coolest 3D printed collectibles uh, anywhere on the internet. And as a thank you, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, uh, and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Um, that's all we got for you. Um, Carson, this was, uh, this was a blast, man, as always. As always it was, and of course, want to, want to thank everybody for kind of, uh, bearing with us a little bit on this one. Uh, as you guys might've been able to tell, we were a little bit rusty to start today's show, but, um, yeah, a little uh, bit. Hopefully the, the, you kind of notice it less and less as we, we went along here, but, um, you know, like I kind of said, to start the show off, sometimes life is going to happen, but, um, uh, you know, it's good to be back with all of you and, uh, we appreciate you all very much as you all already hopefully know. Yes, we absolutely do. Uh, don't forget to follow and subscribe and rate the show and all that fun stuff. Oh, and by the way, keep sharing us. Uh, on Good Pods, because we are currently uh, solidly, uh, firmly entrenched in the top 100 on Good Pods. Um, so thank you all so much for that. And that, I mean, all of our all of our success is entirely due to you guys. Um, but that especially, because that means you're spreading the word about the show. Um, that's all we got for you. Uh, sorry for anything we messed up. We'll try to do better next time. And yes, uh, have no fear. We will have a, an episode for you on Monday as we get back to our regular recording schedule. Uh, this has been the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Um, everybody have an awesome weekend, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. You've been listening to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod. And visit our website at eighthinningstretch.wixsite.com slash podcast.